Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with you? My first thought would be, well, you're still alive. Time for the Kennedy Show. Whatever he is, he destroys you. Daniel Digger! Woo! And thank you for tuning in. It's the Ken Reedy Show, and we're going for the first time. We're going live out there on the airways. Uh, if you're listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're on Blog Talk Radio. So you can check out uh, some archived stuff on the KenReedyShow.com. Uh, but today it's all about Survivor Series. Um, we've got a special co-host in here with me tonight. Uh, Dave Rosenbluth uh, has done some indie work in the past. Uh, big wrestling expert. He's here with me today to go over Survivor Series, speculation, prediction, commentary, and hopefully to be taking your calls. So Dave, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Ken? I'm doing great. Looking forward to Survivor Series, hanging out, watching some wrestling. And uh, why don't we start off? Because we have uh, we just found out um, some breaking news, I guess, uh, going on in the world of the WWE. Yeah, um, the Wrestling Observer reported this afternoon that um, the WWE is planning on launching their uh, their network, as everybody else knows. Um, but they plan on launching a network on the date of WrestleMania 28, April 1st, 2012, and the other big news is that they're planning on airing WrestleMania 28 live on that network in its entirety for free. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you Now, what do you think? Good idea, bad idea? Um, it's it's a double-edged sword for me, personally. Um, I think for uh, you know, pay-per-view viewers, you know, everyone's going to pay. The, if if you got to buy the channel, you know, pay like seven, eight bucks, 12 bucks, whatever it is. To uh, to get the channel as opposed to the uh, fifty four dollars in HD that you would have to pay just buying it on pay per view, but at the same time it also is a good uh, launching point for the network to get the you know the cable providers to carry the network eventually whoever decides not to carry it at first. Uh, WrestleMania being their biggest show of the year, um, I, I see it I see it as good and bad. Yeah, it, it's definitely they're definitely taking a chance. Yeah. It definitely it's a it's a chance with you know. It's gutsy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll probably get a lot of viewership. Maybe that is a way to put pressures on uh, cable providers to carry the WWE Network because if they're carrying WrestleMania live, um, a lot of wrestling fans are going to call their, their local cable providers and say, you need to carry this network. Um, but, you know, how does it affect its pay-per-view buy rates? Well, I think that WWE is, if they're if this is the plan that they're going to go with, I think they're really banking on the... Um, Live event sales, the ticket sales, which have reportedly reached eight million dollars so far for this year's WrestleMania uh, coming up. So maybe they feel that they're going to give this away for free to you know really you know put the network out there and and get the like you said put the pressure on the cable providers. Now, what do you think? Could this change the face of, of wrestling? Could this change the face of pay per views? You know, they're saying. WrestleMania, is there a possibility of the WWE putting more live events, more potential pay-per-view events on their network, at least the first year? 
for free? Yeah, perhaps. Um, if Vince McMahon is all about making money and what's good for business, and I don't think necessarily that the uh, that the pay-per-views will go live on their network. I think they'll be replayed whether it be a week or a month after they air. Um, I don't think he would take that chance because he's going to lose he's going to lose a ton of money um, pay-per-view buys if he puts it on free. Everyone's going to buy the channel, and then you know. Granted, you have a lot of subscribers to your channel, but you're essentially losing out on more pay-per-view buys. The thing is now, now we all we like TNA, yeah. you know, at times, uh, but they're not a threat no. right now. Um, that being said, if they were potentially a, a threat to the WWE, uh, what kind of damage do you think they could do if they started giving away pay-per-views for free? I mean, wrestling fans would they just think, hey, you know. I don't need to buy TNA because I'm getting my pay-per-view quality events for free on the WWE Network. Could they, if they decided to at least, let's just say the first year they give a few pay-per-views. If they start WrestleMania, maybe they do like WrestleMania and uh, SummerSlam. Two biggies. We're going to give it away for free to kind of get the network you know, out there. Does that potentially hurt TNA or other promotions uh, and their pay-per-view buys? Um, I don't think it hurts TNA, um, considering the TNA averages maybe nine to 10,000 pay-per-view buys a month for their pay-per-views, with the exception of Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory, I think, reached like 22,000 this year, and the, the year prior, they did like close to 40. So I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt TNA. Um, it's not going to put them in a great position, but um, TNA would be smart if they counteracted with, if you remember a few years uh Last year, I think it was, they did like a whole impact where it was just basically all pay-per-view style matches with limited commercials. I think they ran um, RVD in the main event with Abyss or something like that. And uh, it got a pretty good rating because it wasn't just all talk. It wasn't just all promos. It was just basically, you know, six or seven matches on a two-hour span on on cable television. Um, That would probably be their best bet if they wanted to counteract if – for uh, WWE's uh, viewing, free viewing of WrestleMania, I should say. Um, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it really matters what TNA does. To be quite honest with you, because they're not even a blip on the radar right now when it comes to uh, what WWE's putting out. That's crazy. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's interesting because I mean the the potential, especially with the WrestleMania, and you know, like Vince, as much as like whatever happens, agree with him or disagree with him. Some of the stuff sucks. Some of it's great. Um, and we can debate that. Call in. We can debate that. Uh, 347-838-9815. That's 347-838-9815. Uh, but we know that Vince is not an idiot. And Vince is thinking well in the future. So the idea of like setting up Roxena and now potentially giving it away for free you know, this has been in the works for a while. Let's, let's, you know, this is the way to put the network on the map. We get these two guys, uh, two guys that have a lot of crossover appeal. Um, you know, two guys that, you know, if you walk down the street and grab a non-wrestling fan, they've probably heard of John Cena. They've probably heard of The Rock. Exactly. Um, and now potentially putting, giving that match away for free, you're, you're, you're going to put your network on the, on the map. You're going to put your network on the map, but like I said, you're also going to take away from the potential pay-per-view buy rates. Unless there's some sort of deal that that uh, you know that comes out 
you know, that WWE decides to do, maybe maybe they'll say, all right, we'll offer it on the network, but to sign up for the network, you're going to have to pay X amount of dollars more if you want to view WrestleMania. If you just want to buy the network itself, you'll pay the standard price. I don't know what he's got planned, but it's all about making money for him, in my opinion. That's why Rock's coming back. Um, it, it's all about the dollar signs of Vince McMahon. And he knows how to go after it. You know, maybe they do something which, you know, as as we're we're shitballing here, uh, you know, what if he does something where it's like you can get a package? You know, you can order the the WWE Network and for for this amount of dollars, and if you order this package with the WWE, you get the year's pay per views. So it winds up being less if you order them individually, um, but it's kind of like a package rate, so you get the pay-per-views for the year. Yeah, I, I could see them doing that eventually, not necessarily with the whole year, maybe with the big four pay-per-views. And the big, for some of you that don't know, the big four pay-per-views. The four pay-per-views, you know, were all you know all year round. There was only the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and the Survivor Series. And uh, I could see them doing it with those big four pay-per-views, especially now that. This year, they're with The Rock coming back tonight, and they wanted to kind of rebrand Survivor Series as a big pay-per-view. And with Rock coming back, that's going to help. Maybe they'll maybe they will do some sort of deal like that. That would be cool. It's it's definitely it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how things shape out. Um, I know there's reports of like the the new shows they're going to have on there. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things you know, if you're listening to this. Uh, like there supposedly there's a show that they're going to they're talking about getting middle-aged uh wrestling fans their dream of getting in the ring and training with a superstar. So I'm there. I am there. Um and if there's a way to get votes or have people lobby if you're listening to this, Ken Reedy, I hope you lobby lobbying to get on that show and train in the ring uh with WWE superstars and I think that would be awesome. But some of the shows they're throwing around that there's a the Stone Cold idea. The Stone Cold idea, yeah, where he would travel around the country to different um, like restaurants and uh, you know bars and taste different kinds of beers, maybe even like some breweries and stuff. There we go, cracking one, cracking a cold one, yep, and uh, tasting different kinds of foods and bar foods and you know beers and stuff like that. That seems like a good idea. I think there was another one where they put a bunch of legends in the same house, kind of like a uh, a real world type setting. Yeah, I think they're trying to get as many like whack jobs as they possibly can for that one. So I'm hearing uh, the Iron Sheik, you know, obviously at the top of the list. <laughs> Way at the top of the list. I think he's, you know, in a league of his own. How great would it be if they can get, like, the Warrior? Get the Warrior and the Iron Sheik in the same house? Like, right there. That's TV gold. Did you ever see the video when Iron Sheik yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, on YouTube where he mouthed off at the Warrior at some convention or something? It was yeah, he. Th- I think he threatened him with physical violence, yeah, and he and can barely sex- walk. Sexual violence, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that could be cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else they they, uh, they had going on on the network. There was there was that show, the Stone Cold Show, the the potential. There was a Big Show one where they were talking. That's about, right. Yeah, Big Show where he's you know because he's you know the largest athlete in the world. Uh, you know, uh, talking about his traveling, how he travels for a guy his size with his wife too. Apparently, his wife travels with him quite a bit. They don't have children, from what I hear. Uh, a diva one where they travel a lot too. But yeah, unless I'm seeing a, nip, a, a nipple or you know or an ass crack, you know. Does anyone? See? I think the Big Show show has got some potential. I don't know how many seasons you can go with that, but I I gotta admit I do find it intriguing to see you know what he goes through on a daily basis as far as 
you know, being that size. I'm sure travel has got to be a pain in the ass for Big Show. Well, from what I've read, he t- they got him a bus. I mean, he takes a bus now, but before it used to be a lot worse. So, you know, sleeping in hotels, you know, rental cars too. You know, he's a big guy, so he's not going to be able to fit in a Toyota Corolla as opposed <laughs> to you know, a, you know, a suburban or an excursion. You think when he rents a car, the, the guy at the counter still asks, you know, what kind of si- what size car do you want? <laughs> I think the guy at the counter doesn't really say anything. Just gives him whatever he wants, whether it's a bus or a, you know, an airplane. Can we get you a compact? <laughs> but I, I think the sh- I think the network has got some potential. I think you know, but it's interesting because you got to, which WrestleMania will probably help with if if this is true and if they're going to give it away for free. You need that crossover appeal. You need that crossover. You need the fringe fans. To walk the network, you know we're you know we're hardcore. All the hardcore wrestling fans, you know. I, I mean, and I think, and if you agree with me, call in three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. But I think wrestling fans, for the most part, I'll take bad wrestling over no wrestling. Bingo. Yeah, you know, I will always I will take a bad Monday Night Raw over no Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, and I think most wrestling fans. Are, are kind of in that that same kind of mindset. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you'd rather some sort of wrestling than no wrestling. So those guys are definitely going to be into the network. We're think, we're there. I think the other thing too, like you said, with the crossover appeal, is if they're gonna you know if they're gonna view WrestleMania free and you need that crossover appeal, I think that they would need to stack a lot of you know celebrities from pop culture. There's been rumors of if the NBA lockout still stands at that point, LeBron James, who is a resident of the Miami Heat, the NBA, uh, he would there's a possibility he'll be a part of the event. You get a guy like LeBron James. Uh, I mean, last year they did really well with you know Snooki and you know The Rock and Steve Austin. They would have to get some sort of celebrity involvement, somebody who's really in the eye of the you know in the eye of the media at that time or in in you know the, the next few months to uh, you know participate in the event so they get that crossover appeal to take a look at the network and the good thing is that in wrestling there's no fourth quarter so there's a good possibility that lebron would show up yeah <laughs> yeah <Sorry. laughs> but no i think i mean for miami like i mean that would be great uh getting any of those guys involved whether lebron i mean it's interesting how they would i guess in miami lebron would kind of be a face type character but you know, he would work as a heel kind of character as well, depending on where they wanted to go. Well, in recent years, you've, you've heard Miz cut promos, because Miz is a Cleveland, Ohio native, uh, cut promos about LeBron leaving Cleveland and going to Miami. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miz got involved with LeBron somehow at WrestleMania. Yeah, and don't, you know, the other guy that I, I would, you know, the lockout doesn't affect, but there's always been rumors of uh, Shaq oh, yeah. and he Shaq loved, with Big Show. And, he loved in Miami. So who knows, uh, you know, where they go. But I do agree that the NBA lockout potentially gives the WWE a chance to bring in some stars and, and again, really facilitate that, that crossover, um, again, putting your, your network on the map, um, which, again, we, you know, call in if you'd like to talk on this. But the interesting thing is, but how does the hardcore wrestling fan respond to that? You know, WrestleMania, to put the network on the map, you know, maybe this year's WrestleMania becomes – a star fest, you know, they get a lot of crossover. Maybe they bring in some NBA stars, some other celebrities uh, for this to kind of put the network on the map. But then does that 
I don't know if you say alienate, but at least piss off some of the hardcore kind of fans that are looking more for a wrestling event. I could understand. I could understand being a hardcore fan myself how that would feel, but at the same time, looking at the bigger picture, it all depends on how you portray that celebrity or you know professional athlete on 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 the the WWE product. For instance, Floyd Mayweather. He was, you know, a big selling point in WrestleMania 24 three years ago. He had a match with Big Show. And it all depends on, you know, you got to accentuate their positives and camouflage their negatives with some of these celebrities. If you're going to get them physically involved or if they're just going to show up and, you know, wave to the fans or be a referee or whatever. Mr. T, he was in the first main event of WrestleMania 1 with Hulk Hogan. Um, it all depends on the, the type of celebrity. And Vince is no dummy when it comes to picking out the people that, celebrities that he wants a part of that event. He, he's not going to put somebody out there that he knows is going to flop. Um, he's going to put somebody out there that's going to catch viewers and is also going to be able to have fun and participate in the event, and it's going to mean something. Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, the celebrity involvement has it's run the gambit. You know, I mean, they've, they've had some good ones, Mr. T, WrestleMania 1. They've had some bad ones. Mr. T WrestleMania too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there have been some celebrity involvement. I mean, the, the very interesting thing, and uh, myself and Dave were both, both at WrestleMania last year, um, the Snooki factor w was an amazing kind of phenomenon that occurred at WrestleMania because she came out and she was booed. The entire building booed. booed her out of the building. I mean, wrestling fans did not want Snooki in their WrestleMania. But once she did a couple of flips, because she had some gymnastics experience, and she seemed a tad bit athletic, the little meatball that she is, <laughs> uh, the, the place, you know, it kind of popped she, a little. She got, she got a nice, like... A respectful round of applause at the end of the yeah. match that wrestling fans were like, you know. Okay, she tried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, she it wasn't a bad finish. Like, you know, little flips and then into a, what should we call it, the meatball splash? Yeah. <laughs> Flipped into the splash. So, um, you know, she did a nice job. And it was interesting to see, like, the crowd turn around because I, I um, you know, didn't expect a lot out of her. Which is interesting. Like, why don't we We'll be all over the place today. Yeah. Just screw it. It's my show. I can go wherever I want. But <laughs> talking about Survivor Series, it's interesting since we hit on this match. Uh, to me, the one thing that was really disappointing in that, and that's why I was one of the people booing Snooki last year uh, when they set up that match, is I really, really, really wanted to see Morrison versus Ziggler. And when they threw in the, the, the Divas and the, and the Meatballs, into the match, uh, it, it kind of took away. And in the match, there was really very little Morrison-Ziggler interaction. That match was clocked in at like three minutes and change, and all Morrison and Ziggler did was, I think Morrison gave Ziggler the starship paint on the outside of the floor, and the rest was the girls. And considering that Snooki was a selling point for that match, I would have figured that would have at least gotten an eight, nine-minute you know, time frame. Granted, I understand Undertaker and Triple H took 37 minutes out of that show. Bastards. Yeah, I know. But it was a good match. Um, it was a good match. Uh, I, I was surprised that they, the short amount of time that it, that it had gotten, considering that she was one of the focal points of the show and to get the outside viewers who don't watch wrestling to buy the pay-per-view, and the Jersey Shore fans, too. Yeah, and, and thank God we brought in the Jersey Shore fans because yeah. we, we really we need them. Um, but I, you know, part of me thinks that most 
Jersey Shore fans are probably wrestling fans as well, anyway. <laughs> but I, I was, I, I kind of thought like as as things were building up that if there were ever, and and it's a big if, but if there was ever, or if there's ever somebody in the business today that could potentially live up to WrestleMania three, Macho Man Steamboat, it was Ziggler and Morrison. I can see where you're going with that, and uh, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, I think, far exceeded that in terms of, you know, the false finishes and the, you know, the, the fast counts. And I, they, I don't think they had as many fast counts as uh, Steamboat and Savage did in uh, 87, but um, Ziggler and Morrison would have put on a good show and had a good one-on-one match, and de- it definitely would have gotten a better reaction from the from the crowd in the Georgia Dome than what uh, Snooki did. So now we finally get it. We finally get that match now for Survivor Series. With no build. Yeah, exactly. So the, the drama behind it, the writing behind it, um, I think we're in agreement. It, it sucked. Well, like I, like I was telling you earlier uh, before we went on the air, um, I think the reason why WWE had decided to go that route was to put more heat on the um, the Twitter petition that Zack Ryder has been uh, you know, getting people to sign on television to get his United States Championship match. Um, and John Laurinaitis, the Executive Vice President of Delaware Relations <laughs> and Interim General Manager of Monday Night Raw, decided not to give him. Um, and also, too, the other... Yeah, you know, like I was telling you, a double-edged sword. Morrison's contract runs out, I think, at the end of November or December, and either this is Vince's way of throwing him a bone and saying, "All right, we want to keep you around," or uh, you know, or it's just to put more heat on the uh, the, the Zack Ryder Laurinaitis thing. So, but I mean, I don't doubt it will be a uh, a bad match. I'm looking forward to being a good match. It's just it's weird because the writing surrounding the match, you know, I don't. I mean, I I would be shocked if Morrison wins um, because of his contract status. Um, that would really surprise me. If he wins, I think he's resigning, or he has already resigned. If he loses, and he loses in very decisive fashion over Dolph Ziggler, or, uh, against Dolph Ziggler, then you know he's on his way out the door. No, exactly, and and you know, and he's very gifted, um, very gifted athlete, as as are both of them. And and we were talking beforehand that you know I think we're in agreement that Ziggler might be the best worker in the company right now. Oh, I think absolutely. I'll, I'll argue that with anybody. I mean, you know, I like the fact that this is the second month in a row they put they booked him in two matches on a, on a pay per view. They booked him in a tag match last month. Then he had to uh, defend the title. He's going to be in the uh, Classic Survivor Series elimination match tonight, as well as his United States Championship match with John Morrison. Um, I think they're trying to go the route with him where eventually, and I'm not saying this to slight any Shawn Michaels fans because I'm a Shawn Michaels fan myself, but I think they're trying to put him up on that level of being the show-stealing you know, competitor like Shawn Michaels was. He, I don't think he'll ever get anywhere near Shawn Michaels. And I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan, but I think that's where they're trying to go with him with the two matches in one night kind of thing. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I can see that. Shawn Michaels is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) We've had this discussion before on Facebook. We don't need to get into that now. (laughs) But, uh, 
No, but I, you know, it's funny because I, 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 I joke, I keyed, I keyed, but I, you know, I, I respect the hell out of Shawn Michaels. I mean, I think he's great. I just, you know, overrated to me is where he happens to be placed historically. I, I, I think greatest in ring performer. I will never, I'll, I'll go as far as to say that in ring wise, um, character wise, and selling tickets and all that stuff. He, he's not even, he doesn't even crack the top ten. But on that being said, a great performer. But Ziggler, I mean. And I love Ziggler. I really do. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting because, I mean, first, how great is Vicky Guerrero? As a heel? I mean, she kind of plopped into that spot and, uh, you know, just, you know, being a, uh, you know, being an outsider to wrestling, granted her late husband was involved in the business, Eddie Guerrero, God rest his soul, but being somebody who just got kind of placed into the wrestling business and given this role, um, she naturally fit into it. Just and it wasn't anything like eccentric that she did to, you know, get the people's attention, you know. She would say, Excuse me once and the people would go crazy and then all of a sudden they were like, Wait, we got something here. This is gonna work. And every time she the minute those words come out of her mouth, it's like, bam, the whole place goes bullshit. And that's the thing with, with Ziggler, I, you know, for me to and again, big fan of Ziggler. For me to take him seriously as, as someone who might move into that, you know, historical, you know, one of the greats kind of, he's going to have to do it on his own character-wise. I mean, right now, Vicky, again, great in-ring performer, but heat-wise, Vicky's kind of carrying him right now as far as getting the heat from the crowd. The day that he gets away from her, it's going to be one of the biggest you know, baby face turns, I think, in my opinion, in the WWE's history. Because she's got so much heat. She's a huge heat magnet that the day that he just walks away and says, fuck you, I'm done with you, the place is going to go nuts. And I think it will send him to another level. And then eventually, hopefully, management will see, okay, the guy can work in the ring. The place goes nuts for him. And he can talk. We got ourselves, you know, a guy that can carry the load in the future. Right, and that remains to be seen. I mean, that's going to be like when he separates from Vicky. That's going to be the moment, you know. Does does he do it? Exactly. Does, does he shit the exactly. bed, or yeah. does he like take that next yeah. step? Um, but she, I mean, the thing with her, I mean, right now, right now, nobody knows who the hell I am. I could walk into the middle of a WWE ring, and Vicky Guerrero could come after me, and I would instantly be one of the top faces in the company. That's how good she is. You could take a no-name, and if Vicky comes out, and she doesn't like you, and she's going to send her people after you, automatically you're going to be a, a huge baby face. Yeah. And you're going to get a pop just because she's that good. I never really liked her to begin with when she was a character. I just thought that this was you know, Vince's way of trying to, you know, and it's just sad to say this, but Vince's way of trying to, you know, finish out Eddie Guerrero's contract or whatever, by, you know, fulfilling that obligation and, uh, you know, having her work. Um, but then last year, I remember watching a Raw when she and Ziggler came out and they had that interaction with John Cena and Jerry Lawler where they were making all the fat jokes about her and the place was going crazy and she was drawing so much. I think they were in Texas, I want to say. I think they were like in Dallas or Austin. And Dallas is usually a hot crowd. Um, and the place was going absolutely nuts over the, some of the things that Cena and Lawler were saying. And she just, you know, she, she, she fed into it and she was, you know, healing it up. And then 
he had like a 15, 20-minute match on television with a couple of commercial breaks with John Cena, and it was phenomenal. And right then and there, I was like, man, this guy can go, and she's got heat. I'm like, this is a perfect combination. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, is is there anyone right now in the business that that gets more heat than, than she does? Um, Mark Henry. Yeah. Mark Henry. Yeah, I, I I would have to I would have to go there. Uh, just just a tad bit over. Them two are the top heels in the yeah. company, and maybe the top heels in the industry. Yeah, because in TNA you don't know who's a heel or a face these days. They, they do flip flop it quickly <laughs> over there, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's. Why don't we move on there since we we hit like the Ziggler? So you, who, well, first off, before we move on, um, so who are you looking at? So you thinking Ziggler retains? I think Ziggler's going to retain. Yeah, unless Morrison has re-signed the contract and they're getting going to get serious about him. Ziggler's been around for a while. He's a company guy. I think Ziggler will retain. Potential show stealer. Um, in ring performance, yeah. I don't think they'll give him enough time though. I think. Considering Ziggler's going to be working two matches, I think that match will be the shorter of the two that he works. I say it's probably in the ten minute mark, maybe even up. That's what I'm thinking. So let me move on. Since you brought him up, let's move on to uh, the Mark Henry Big Show uh, rematch. Uh, do you think in last last month's pay per view where they demolished the ring? Yes, yes, that um, was a pretty cool scene, even though it's been done before. Yeah, that's the one I gotta say. That's my one gripe with with like wrestling. And you know, if, if anyone if anyone in the industry is listening, stop treating us like we're stupid. Yeah. All right, especially nowadays because there's YouTube and even younger fans that maybe didn't live through it. I mean, we all know it happened with Big Show and Brock Lesnar. It's happened before. Stop with the commentators, with the, oh, my God, I've never seen this in the history. of Let's just stop. We all know it's happened before. All those commentators have never seen anything before until it happens, apparently, these days. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they, they all, like, you know, everything is the greatest, uh, you know, I've ever seen. This Heel film. turns, finishing moves, you know, uh, you know, match quality, everything. I've never seen anything like this before, you know. It's, it's, it's a, they insult the intelligence of... The older fans like us, the kids, they may be able to get away with it, but you know. But the funny thing is, like I said, with the kids, they can find it on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I mean, today's day and age, like you know, if you're a kid, I mean, you know, we grew up on wrestling. Yeah. So if you grew up in this time period, so if you were like, say, eight, nine, ten years old in this era, mm-hmm. wouldn't you just be on YouTube all the time, just like you know, finding old things, yeah. looking up old matches? So odds are, even a lot of the younger fans probably have seen the Lesnar Big Show ring collapsing thing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just stop with the whole, you know, never seen such a thing before. You can mention it. You can say you've seen it before, you know, and just say now you've seen it again. It's only happened once before in, in history. Yeah. You know, you don't need to say never before. I mean, it's it just got ridiculous. But, like you said, it was still cool. Oh, yeah, it, it was awesome to see it, especially, you know, two big guys like that. I mean, that looked believable. I mean, that looked like, you know, it shows that, you know, close to 500 pounds, Mark Henry's, you know, sporting the, the 400-pound range. That looked believable. And it was a cool it was a cool sight to see. And it also kind of helped the, uh, the, the, the stale pay-per-view that that pay-per-view was, at, you know, before that match. And I thought it was cool because, you know, the one thing that they – they did kind of mention, and I, I, they were right, was the wrinkle it added to the next match. 
And I thought that was the coolest thing that that happened that night. The collapsing of the ring was great, but the fact that it influenced the Cena Del Rio match, that's what I thought was the really image cool. To start that match when, you know, the ring's, you know, lopsided, it's missing a couple of ropes and you know it's a last man standing match, so it's not gonna stay in the ring entirely, but it made the it, it made the image to begin that match actually pretty cool and it made the the, the lackluster build towards that match seem a little bit better with what Big Show and Mark Henry did in the prior match. So what are you thinking? What are you um what are you looking to see out of this match? I'm looking to see uh possibly Mark Henry. I Mark I think Mark Henry's gonna leave with the title in the garden. He's got no choice. Um but uh I think there's gonna be some sort of screwy finish to it. With the recent involvement of uh Daniel Bryan in the storyline my prediction is I think Daniel Bryan is going to be fed up with what Mark Henry has done to him, and he's going to attempt to cash in the Money in the Bank contract on Mark Henry, but inadvertently cost the big show the match. I, I, you know, I can see that. I agree with you. I think, uh, I think Mark Henry retains. I think uh, um, you know, that's, that's the best thing for the character. Um, and we talked earlier, I'd like to see Mark Henry uh, retain until WrestleMania to really kind of push the whole uh, – you know, most dominant champion, or one of the most dominant champions uh, ever to, um, you know, to have the strap. If you were to go to WrestleMania with the title and have, a you know, a run all the way up until that point, you could say that he had beaten Big Show. You could say that he had beaten Randy Orton. You could even say that he had beaten Kane when Kane eventually returns because he still got some issues, unresolved issues with Kane. I think that would make up for the lackluster... Um, character development that he has had over the 15 years in the WWE. I think that this final run, people would remember that more than him impregnating Mae Young and giving birth to a <laughs> Well, then again, no, no, people would still remember that. Maybe maybe the transvestite with China, I don't know. Hey, I mean, like how, you know, it's funny because how they didn't decide at some point, you know, just make him really mean like it's so simple, like what to do with this guy's character, like and they've he's been through so many different incarnations, and this by far works best for him. He's, yeah, it's a big, strong mother effort. Yeah, you know that works for him. I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in the uh, the WWE's hotel bar in Atlanta, um, I remember because we were at the corner of the bar. I don't know if you remember this, and there was that little like pathway that entryway to the yeah. bar, and he walked in, and he's a big dude. I mean, he's big in size, but, you know, in height, too, I was surprised. I thought maybe I was a little taller than him, but I'm like 6'3". He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He walks in the bar, and a random guy, I think it was a fan, grabs him by his arm and like, taps him on the elbow. Mark Henry just turns around and looks at him and says, don't you fucking touch me. You just crossed the line. And I'm standing at the bar next to Justin, my brother, and you, and all of a sudden, Mark Henry rolls up right next to me, and he's talking with a couple of people. He just looks over and gives me a nod, and I just look. I'm like, I'm not fucking with you. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. <laughs> you know, it was great because, like, after that happened, also, like, he bumped into me, and he looked at me and said, "Excuse me." So he I was like, "Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm talking about." I ain't fucking with that, Ken Reedy. So um, we're actually it's a party, you know, tonight where we're doing the pregame for Survivor Series and. 
You know, you never know who's going to show up at the Ken Rudy Show Studios. And we're lucky enough to have the guru, the wrestling guru, has shown up. Guru, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Are you looking forward to Survivor Series? I am. I always like the Survivor Series. I feel like it's always been the most consistent uh, pay-per-view out of all of them. Um, and, uh, you know, although I haven't been keeping up with uh, all the current events, I do know that the big news, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, The Rock is teaming up with uh, Mr. Cena tonight. The Rock is, yes. So I I think it's it's probably not a matter of is one of them turning. I think I guess the real question is who's turning on, you know, whom tonight. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I feel that it's really time for John Cena to you know, to be a heel in the company. Um, I think it would give it a real big pop for, you know, WrestleMania is right around the corner. So that'll be kind of my prediction, even though I really haven't been keeping up in the last few weeks. It would make sense for John Cena to do that, but not at this time. And the only reason why I say this is because if you, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a merchandise mover, sells a lot of T-shirts, and right now the WWE is doing this, you know, anti-bullying campaign. Excuse me. And, uh, He's got that BS Star logo on the side of his T-shirt and rise above hate on the you know on the front to, to to make him your number one de facto heel in the company, and then he's also the poster boy for you know other kids you know young kids that watch the program you know not to bully. I don't think that'd be the best the smartest move right now per se. But I do think like character wise, like it might help for for him to at some point you figure he's got to. Turn heel. And with that, oh, absolutely. A, I agree with you on that point. We have we actually have a caller. Um, we actually, I believe this is Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. Oh, wow. Uh, Sirius XM uh, wrestling show. So let's punch him up here. Hello, caller. Hello. Hey, is this Dave? Yep, it's Dave from Busted Open. How you guys doing? We're doing all right. How you doing tonight? I'm great, man. Listening to the show. I like what I hear. Cool, cool, cool. So what are you looking forward to most in uh, Survivor Series? Well, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk about the the possibility of a, a Cena heel turn, and I, I have to say, you know, I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it is going to happen. It's just not going to happen tonight. I think what we're going to get tonight is is a surprise return. Now, whether surprise that surprise return. return is The Undertaker or the surprise return is Chris Jericho, I don't know, but I think that's what we're going to get tonight. I think we're going to get a return of a superstar tonight, but not the Cena heel turn that everyone thinks that we're going to get. Do you think when we, if we get a return of The Undertaker or Chris Jericho that uh, they're going to be interfering in, in this match or someplace else? I think it's going to be someplace else. I don't think it's going to be within that main event. But you never know. But that's what I think because – and I hear what you're saying about the you know the, the bullying campaign and the merchandise and everything else. And I don't think that's the reason that we're not going to get the heel turn tonight, because I think we are going to get a Cena heel turn before WrestleMania. I just don't think it's going no, to be I'm, tonight. No, Dave, I, 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 I'm saying that it's not going to happen tonight, but eventually it will happen towards the build of WrestleMania. But I think yeah. right now they're just you know hammer in that uh, you know. Because I think, yeah. and I, I, I understand what you're saying about the merchandise and everything too, and that's definitely, obviously, something that's very big with the WWE is merchandise sales and and appealing to the kids. But I think that that's, I think they've gotten away from that now with John Cena. I don't think John Cena is 
know, the big face of the company anymore. I think that's gone to CM Punk. I really think that CM Punk, if you've watched Raw and even SmackDown over the last month, and you look into that audience, I see a hell of a lot more CM Punk t-shirts than I see John Cena t-shirts. Didn't he uh, oust John Cena the number one spot for merch recently? I, I did. Mistaken. I think I read CM that. Punk, he... CM Punk is number one right now in, in, in yeah. t-shirt sales. Yeah. But I think even like if you look uh, at... What do you think I, is... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was saying we on Busted Open uh, on Friday, we got actually two phone calls from one from a 12-year-old and one from a 13-year-old. And I asked both of them, you know, who do they root for? And they said CM Punk. And when I asked both of them about uh, John Cena, they said that John Cena's not cool. So I think even with the, you know, the teens and pre-teens right now, John Cena's just not cool anymore. And I, I, I don't think he has the same appeal that he had before. So I do think we're going to get that heel turn. It's just not going to happen tonight. When do you think it happens then? You know, it could be at the Rumble. It could be, it could be, who knows? Uh, you know, and the other thing is, who knows what the future is with The Rock before WrestleMania? Well, that I think is, is the biggest question. Uh, first of all, you know, what his involved, Rock's involvement is leading up to WrestleMania? Is he in week to week? Is it once a month? Is it once every couple months? And what's his involvement post-WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, he does have a love for wrestling. He he stated in Twitter that the biggest things have yet to come with The Rock in the wrestling world. So I still think we're going to see The Rock in the ring. I just don't know how much we're going to see him before WrestleMania because he's filming a movie right now. So I and as you know, over the last couple of months, his his availability is very limited. And I yeah, you know, and I'm it, sure that GI Joe is going to be a quality piece of cinematic it's it's going to be the next raging bull it's going to be the next raging bull i don't see any real acting still going on you know it's 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 funny with the rock if you look at his film career it's it's kind of dropped off in 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 you know the last couple of years you know he's not the big blockbuster uh film star like he once was so maybe you know maybe he wants to go at it for i i really don't know i don't know what his future is right now I personally think that he's eventually going to for the WrestleMania build. From what I've read, he, he'll be involved in the hype to the Rumble, maybe even an involvement in the Rumble. I don't know if he'll be like a, an entrant in the match. I heard he's going to be involved at Elimination Chamber somehow, and then, of course, WrestleMania. I think you'll probably see him build towards WrestleMania from January to April. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at least on Raw two to three times a month and then pay-per-views included, because it's going to be the main event. I mean, why would why would Vince let a part-time guy like The Rock come in and only just work pay-per-views and maybe one, one-off Monday Night Raw a month, you know? Well, the, I, I agree with you, but, but it's The Rock. And it shows, I mean, you, you can see it by the sales of Survivor Series, and you know, they've already sold almost 50,000 tickets already for WrestleMania. I mean, that's all on the legs of The Rock. So I yeah. think that you know, they're, they're, they'll, bend, they'll bend over backwards for The Rock. So I think whatever his availability is, is enough for Vince McMahon, just based on you know what we've seen recently. I think all of us will agree that wrestling's been pretty stale 
you know, with the exception of the, the summer of punk, you know, wrestling's been pretty stale over the last couple of years, and boy, has The Rock rejuvenated it. I mean, think about yeah, it. not the best time to be a, a wrestling fan in, in recent years. But let me ask something, Dave. What, what match are you looking forward to most tonight? It's the Lumberjill match. You know, yes. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the, the superstar that I've loved the most over the last four months has been Mark Henry. Okay. And I'm really looking forward to what Mark Henry and the Big Show are going to do tonight. I mean, it, listen, I mean, you know, we want to see what happens with Cena and The Rock, but look at that match. I mean, Cena and Rock against R-Truth and The Miz. I mean, we've kind of seen that. You know, we've kind of seen – you know, The Rock and Cena go at The Miz and R-Truth. That's no competition. So the match itself isn't a story. The story is what happens between Cena and The Rock. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, I, I really like what they've done, you know, with Mark Henry lately. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to that match tonight. Cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Mark Henry might be the best thing in wrestling uh, for a big chunk of time right now. Yeah, totally agree. Cool. Well, enjoy the pay-per-view. Thank you, sir. Thanks for giving us a buzz. And uh, have have fun wa- have fun watching Survivor Series tonight. Wish I was there. Cool. Thanks, yeah, Dave. Talk All to right. you soon, man. Bye. 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 That again was Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. Uh, you know, check them out. Sirius XM Wrestling Talk. They're on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from two to four. Uh, Sirius XM. Um, not sure what the XM channel is, but it's Sirius 92. So uh, give them a call. Uh, check them out. Listen to them. Uh, Wrestling Talk. Uh, it's a good show. Good show. So thanks, Dave, for calling in. So, uh, yeah, kind of reiterating the, uh, you know, the most interesting storyline uh, on lately is Mark Henry. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. He's he's white hot as a heel. And in the past, I would say probably – Ten years or so, in the past ten years, heels have always tried to be cool heels to you know cater to the crowd so that they can sell some merchandise and you know, get get a fan base going. Which is a problem. Yeah, it is a problem, especially you know with, with hardcore fans like us and you know the old school ways of wrestling. Um, Mark Henry doesn't do that. Mark Henry doesn't like nobody, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Henry is out in public and is still in character these days so that he can keep up that heel persona that he has. Well, yeah, and that that's part of, you know, we grew up watching wrestling and some of the older guys, you know, when, you know, I mean, now I respect him because I'm older and I understand the business, yeah, but, exactly. you know, I hated Piper growing up. Piper hated him. Hated him. You know, there was nothing cool about him. There was nothing about Piper I wanted to be. I hated him. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like... Uh, I loved Piper. <laughs> <laughs> When Piper was the number one heel in wrestling, I still loved him. When he was fighting Snuka, because he was just so bad. I liked him when he uh, when he destroyed Adrian Adonis's uh, the oh, flower. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, but I he was a face there. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, that, that's when I started to really catch on. I like Piper. Yeah, I mean, some of those guys are like back in the day when you look at like the heels that really did. Even like DiBiase, you know, there was nothing likable about. DiBiase, you didn't want to be DiBiase. I mean, you wanted his money. You wanted his money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Very underrated wrestler. So I know he just made the haul, but uh, I just think, uh, you know, overall, he, uh, he was very, very good in the ring. You know, very well-rounded talk. And the persona was good with the, you know, the whole million-dollar man thing. They hated him. He's on that short list of guys that I have 
that should have been the world champion in that company. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of guys that like back in that era that would have definitely held the strap if if it was this era. Yeah. You know, and he's one of those guys. Uh, definitely Piper. I said Ormdorf probably would have had a, a short run. Mister Perfect. No, Mister. How can you not name yourself Mister Perfect and not be the champion? Yeah. Another highly underrated. Oh, yeah. He should. He. They should have found a way. I know it was Hogan, and we all get that. But they should have found a way. Maybe Hogan wanted a break vacation back then. Um, it really wasn't much better than Mr. Perfect back in you know, the late 80s, early 90s. The rumor was that the original main event for WrestleMania 6 was supposed to be Hogan and Mr. Perfect, and they had a run together on some house shows. And Mr. Perfect was so good at selling Hogan's offense that the agents and Vince looked and were like, this isn't going to be a believable WrestleMania main event. Hogan's going to kill him. And then that's when they went with Hogan and Warrior instead, which I cried that day. I cry a little bit every time I think about it. It was a great match, but I hate the Ultimate Warrior. I do too, but you know what? Yeah, Ultimate Warrior, he's he's very uh, overrated, in my opinion. But at the time, you know, I was just so tired of Hogan. It was the same scripts over and over again. Sacrilege! Someone had to beat that bastard. (laughs) Warrior. It it didn't last for long, though. All my warriors, when they come to... (laughs) The arena and look upon me as shut up. Just <laughs> he needed subtitles for his interviews. I could never his promo never made sense. Yeah, which you know, and you, you know, cocaine's fun. The eighties. So um, anyway, let's let's get back to uh, so Survivor Series. Uh, looking forward to um, you know all the matches, and we'll get to. I think we'll leave Cena, um, Rock, Miz. Truth to the end, but uh, let's start. Do we need to hit on the Diva match? Do we need to even talk about that Lumber Jill match? Um, that's my that's my cigarette break in my nose break. <laughs> oh, no. You know the one thing I'll tell you. The one thing that that TNA does far superior to the WWE. They do the women's division is means so something. much better. It means something. There's character development. Uh, there are different storylines going on. Yeah. Even just look at what they've done with Gail Kim. Like as soon as she came over there, uh, they got her involved in a storyline quick. She said, "I wouldn't have turned her heel though, to be honest with you. I would have built. I mean, considering uh, that uh, Velvet Sky just recently won the Knockouts title at that time, I wouldn't have brought her over just as a heel. I would have had her be like a an ally to Velvet Sky, and then eventually build up, you know, their friendship, and then do the turn." Yeah, instead they just brought her over there, bing, bang, boom, and now all of a sudden she's got the belt. And it was a shame that the Velvet lost the title that, that quickly. I mean, I thought it was a well-deserved yeah. win. Yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. Gail Kim fills my Asian fantasies, bro. <laughs> Gail Kim is one hot biatch. Views so. expressed by the guru, not necessarily that of the Ken Reedy show. <laughs> she is hot. And most of them are hot, and it's cool because, like TNA, I think that you know, I mean, she's hot, but like most of the hotness is is it's. And I, like there's different hotnesses, there's different looks. There, there, there's a little more sex appeal in TNA, whereas uh, the DNA, the, the DNA, the WWE. Uh, I don't have to leave the DNA. 
<laughs> the uh, WWE, a Freudian slip, man. Um, the the WWE, it's just, it's so. It's just they're all like carbon copies, kind of of each other. Even to the point where, like, you know, a lot of their ring attire just looks the same. Yeah, no, yeah, you can't you can't tell the difference between any of them, with the exception of uh, Karma, who is uh, currently uh, mothering a uh, expected child. Yeah, that's just scary. That's just someone went there. Yeah, all the way in there. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so again, we I mean, I guess just sure. I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking there there might be a title change tonight there, and we might see Eve. Um, Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> Why? I mean, they they made the Lumberjill stipulation, so I feel like something funky is going to happen because they set up this whole thing where the, uh, you know, the uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia have alienated the entire Divas division. So maybe, but I, you know, I, I don't really care. I'm taking a piss and having a cigarette during that match, so let good. me know how it goes. All right, so you call in if you're going to watch the Diva match. <laughs> call in three four seven eight three eight. Eight three eight nine eight one five. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Um, how about the, as they call it now, the traditional Survivor Series match? Because we can't have a Survivor Series with only Survivor Series matches anymore. They did have a Survivor Series one year without the Survivor Series match. It was 1998, if you recall. They You're had good. The, You're good. The WWF Championship Tournament when... Uh, the Rock won his first WWF championship with help from the McMahon. They relived the Montreal screw job from nineteen ninety seven. He put uh, Mick Foley in the sharpshooter. That was the only night they didn't do uh, traditional Survivor Series matches. Granted, I like the fact that they had a tournament, but it would have been nice to see at least one or two. That's history now. Sounds of bitches. But yeah, go, going forward with your uh, you know traditional Survivor Series match for this evening. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, and I, I do find it interesting because I'm not going to say that I'm a Cena, that I love Cena, but I think he gets an unfair rap. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than people want to think. He's a good storyteller. Uh, I wouldn't say in-ring technician, but he's a good he's storyteller. He's not an in-ring technician, but he's, he's not... Look, I've seen worse in the ring than John Cena. And I'm not saying, look, he's a yeah. far cry from being the next Ricky Steamboat. But he's not horrible no, no, in no, the absolutely ring. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and people all the time love to talk about Super Cena. Super Cena can't lose. Super Cena, blah, blah, blah. There's Super Orton going on a bit in, in the WWE. That and, and same thing. I like Orton. I think Orton's very talented. Um, I think Orton has got a lot to offer, but he's kind of in that position where, you know, I knew he dropped the belt and he lost to Mark Henry and that was great, but man, that guy doesn't lose often. No, he doesn't. And it's kind of Orton fan. I liked Randy Orton when he was in evolution and, you know, they were billing him as to be the next big guy, you know, in the WWE. Um, but before there was ever super Cena and super Orton, there was Hulk Hogan. Yes. And uh, so this is nothing new for, you know, the two of us as far as, you know, uh, the, the top names looking and feeling untouchable right now. The big the difference, movie. though, I think that Hogan did well that I think is part of the problem now. He was immortal. He was immortal. Well, is immortal. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that you would see Hogan 
and Hogan did a good job at selling it, you would see him really sell, I can't beat this guy. Like, there would be, like, he'd get killed by King Kong Bundy before WrestleMania. Like, there was a lot of Hulk Hogan getting killed before there was a pay-per-view event It's interesting up. that you bring that up, because I, if you remember the angle that they did years ago when Earthquake sat on him on the Brother Love show, you know, uh, yeah. and then Hogan was out for a few months. I think he was filming a movie at that, at that point. But he was out for a few months, and they... Um, what did they do? Oh, they had everybody write letters to WWE, and Tugboat was taking the letters at the time. Um, and every week on TV, Tugboat would read a letter from somebody, and you know, and he would say, "Oh, the Hulkster just read this letter. It was so and so from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. You know, the Hulkster thanks you." And uh, Hogan, uh, you know, he came back and eventually had that match with Earthquake. But the build towards that match was. Earthquake had Jimmy Hart and Dino Bravo. Hogan was all by himself. So who did he bring in? He brought the tugboat got hurt, so he brought in the big boss man. But there was still that doubt where he was like, you know, Earthquake, he, he screwed me up, brother, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And and as a kid, I was like, is he really going to beat the Earthquake? Like, Earthquake sat on him like four times. That, that motherfucker, you know, he's going to kill him, you know? And that was a big difference. I think Hogan did a really nice job at, at selling that whole you know, but the Nexus DDT's John Cena on the concrete floor at SummerSlam 2010, he gets right back up and he went yeah. match. That's the difference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I mean, in old time wrestling, I mean, you, you deliver like one pile driver and it was done. The match was done. I can't remember the last time I saw a pile driver. And, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I think they banned it. But yeah. um, yeah. But nowadays you have matches where you know there's like four finishing moves and the guy always kicks out. Um, you know, it, that in itself has kind of become um, a little predictable. As good as the um, the recent Shawn Michaels and Undertaker matches were at WrestleMania, and they were, but I mean, there was like 14 finishing moves delivered, yeah. and you know, they keep kicking out, and um, you know, but. You know, the business is different now. I mean, things have changed, and, I mean, you have to accept that now. You know, people can get pile-drived off a scaffold. And, you know, yeah, and they kick out. Kick out, you know. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, I think it was always interesting, um, you know, way back when, that before a pay-per-view were going into something, you always saw uh, the face, um, usually, I shouldn't say always, but usually you saw the face looking weak. Like, you wanted to set up that, that pay-per-view, like, you know, there's no way that this face can beat this this ungodly evil that has been put before him. And then, you know, the big event would occur, and they'd beat him. Yeah. And, and I, you know, at SmackDown, you have SmackDown ending with Sheamus and Orton victorious. With Sheamus and Orton, you know, standing in the ring. And, and I just kind of thought, like, you know, and I really think, like, Orton's team's going to win this match. So, like, where's where exactly is the drama. Where's the selling point in buying the pay-per-view? Yeah, like, I, I would want to see, what what I would want to see out of that match on SmackDown is for Barrett to take a chair to where Orton or Sheamus is leg. Yeah. And, and then, like, SmackDown ends, like, is he going to be able to compete at Survivor Series? Are we going to be able to see Orton's full team at Survivor Series? You know, what's going to happen? And then SmackDown ends, like, Oh shit! You know, are they going to be? You know, 
Right I got to find a pay-per-view. Yeah, there's no suspense now with, with – uh, so, I mean, I do find it interesting that, you know, I think Cena has become the lightning rod of criticism, that everything that happens to be wrong with the business comes, you know, it's Cena's fault. But I do think that if you start to really look at other things in the business, um, that there's, you know, there's other things that are wrong, and they do the same thing. I find it interesting that a lot of fans, and call in if you disagree, 347-838-9815, but there are, like if CM Punk looks bad on, on a Monday Night Raw, you will go online and you will see wrestling fans say, WWE writing creative, they suck. They're ruining they, they ruin, them. Yeah. If John Cena sucks on a Monday Night Raw, John Cena sucks. Yeah. You know, it's never, you know... It's Finally, crazy. they realize that John Cena's not the savior of the devil. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll come so up. So it, it's interesting how, like, certain guys are, are, are given this sort of forgiveness and, and the blame is placed on creative. And then with John Cena, it's just John Cena sucks. And I do think John Cena um, has become a victim of WWE creative. It's amazing. We were talking about the Survivor Series match, and somehow it's just... Yeah. It's always... It's Cena. It just keeps coming back to... God damn you, Cena. I'm a Cena hater now. <laughs> As you're wearing the T-shirt, exactly. I'm wearing. <laughs> is it is it kind of a foregone conclusion that Cena and Rock are gonna fight at WrestleMania? It was announced last year. It wasn't a foregone conclusion. It was you know signed, sealed, and delivered. That was the whole selling point of them. You know, yeah, they, they 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 the challenge has been issued and accepted. So they they are going to be. So well, that match is happening. Oh yeah, it was. So announced. one of them has to be the heel. So is it if if it's not going to be Cena? It's not going to be Rock. It's going to be in Miami. Miami. He's a hometown guy, so, so it's going to so have to be John Cena. Okay. Well, let's, let's go there. Let, I mean, let's switch gears a little bit. Well, you know, because it, it's all about. We're talking it's all about Cena. I don't care. You know, all you haters and everything. You, you know, <laughs> screw off. It's all about Cena. Wrestling is all about Cena. It, the WWE should be na- nicknamed or renamed the the CWE, the Cena Wrestling Entertainment. It's all about Cena. Yes. You can't see me. My time is now. Um, but, I mean, let's go. I mean, it's interesting because it, it's like it, it's basically the road to WrestleMania has begun, uh, which is the earliest it, it's begun, the challenge the day after WrestleMania. You kind of like – you have – plant little seeds here and there around this time frame, but, I mean, obviously it really kicks into gear in the Royal Rumble, but they kind of plant little seeds, you know, like around this time, December or whatever, but... But now, yeah, I mean, we've, we've started basically the day after WrestleMania. The day after WrestleMania, yeah. Um, you know, and, and looking at it, I mean, you know, John Cena, you know, kind of has to be the heel because it's, it's going to be in Miami. So whether they changed him character-wise or... Um, you know, stick with, you know, change him heel character or they just keep him the way it is. He's going to be the heel, quote unquote, uh, in Miami. He's not going to be a favored person in Miami at Sun Life Stadium. I'll say that. But what, like, I'll throw it out there. Like, what are you guys looking to see out of this match tonight? Because The Rock being there live, because, you know, Team Bring It's actually going to be there live. And the thing I find interesting is when John Cena talk shit about The Rock, he's right, which I find interesting with wrestling fans because I'm, you know, we're all wrestling fans here, and I know that when The Rock kind of left for Hollywood and didn't return, it kind of pissed me off, and I kind of felt like, and, and I love The Rock, right? there's a lot of talent there, 
But I kind of felt like, well, he turned his back on us. He he went Hollywood. I felt a little bit that way too. Like he just kind of like abruptly left, and you know, or he took little powders out here and there, but like. He abruptly left and didn't show up for years and didn't have any kind of involvement with the company. The company that basically helped him get into Yeah, that bitch turned his back on us. Let's say it how it is, all right? (laughs) And I say that to his face. He turned his back, and I wouldn't say it to his face. Uh, Otherwise, you'd be getting boots asses. Have you seen him lately? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's training, saying his prayers, and eating his, quote, vitamins. He'll kick you you so hard you'll have lady parts. (laughs) But, I, I mean... You know, it's interesting because what Cena is saying to me is true. You know, I do movies and I stick around and I'm here every Monday night wrestling. You turned your back. When you show up, you show up via satellite, blah, blah, blah. And yet it's interesting that still wrestling fans hate Cena. They love The Rock. Exactly. Uh, now, now The Rock is better on the mic. I mean, I guess that's my point. I mean, it's it's the Survivor Series. It's one of the four, you know, jewels uh, during the year, you know, there's WrestleMania, there's Survivor Series, uh, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. And they're teaming up. We already know they're going to be fighting um, at WrestleMania. So it just seems to me it's the perfect, the perfect venue. I mean, I guess you could say it's almost too predictable. I guess you could have that argument, but... Are you going to wait all the way until Royal Rumble to have a turn occur? I, I just think it's um, kind of all wrapped up with a nice pretty bow. It's ready to happen. Um, and you have, and if it, it's in Miami, you said. So, yeah, I don't really see The Rock being the heel. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. I mean, in this, whatever it is, uh, you know, however they do it, whether it's Cena staying the way he is or having a definitive heel turn, uh, Cena's the heel. I mean, he's the heel at WrestleMania. He's, he's already the heel him. half the time because half the crowd boos him. So I don't know. I mean, it's all you know. One time, Bret Hart said something one time that um, you know everything is ultimately up to the fans. Um, no matter what the writers do, if the fans start cheering you. You're a good guy. You're a face. If they start booing you, you're a heel. I mean, and that that's exactly what happened with the whole Stone Cold thing back when with, with their rivalry. Um, you know, people loved Stone Cold. <laughs> I mean, um and, and eventually it was time it was time to turn Brett because more people started cheering for Stone Cold because, you know, he was new and hip and bad and cool. Um I just I just kind of see the same thing happening here. I mean, you have it all set up. The Rock's coming back. It's in Miami. Cena's been a face forever. Um, and I think, you know, and, and I think Cena for... I like Cena. Um, wrestling is what it is now. You don't have many of the technicians anymore. And as much as we may kind of pine for the old timers who can sell a story and technical wrestling and all that stuff and, you know... I love that, but wrestling has evolved into what it is now, and I think uh, and I think Cena's pretty darn good. Um, but it's time for him to step up and be the heel, in, in my opinion. Um, the best wrestlers can be face and heel. All the best, you know, the greatest ones are, are great at both uh, roles. Well, yeah, it's interesting because I've always kind of thought like that's a 
kind of, and when I came up with, and I'm not going to get into that now, but when I came up with my top 50 of all time, uh, you know, I decided that I had to come up with, uh, like, different factors and different things. And the one thing I did come up with is what I called my face heel factor. And, you know, and that was your ability to be both a face and a heel. And, um, and it was interesting because that's where, and I'm not getting into this debate today, but that's where Shawn Michaels kind of fell a bit on my list because I, I always found him incredibly uninteresting as a face, but I really enjoyed him as a heel. I thought, you know, his, uh, you know, DS thing, DX heel, and, and when he was a heel in DX, I thought that was great. Um, dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought, like, his heel, heel work was great, but I, I never liked him as a face. So you're right. I think John Cena has been the number one face for a long time. And he respects um, tradition from what yes. you've said. And uh, I just think it's time. I mean, you know, sometimes things get old. And if half the crowd is booing you anyway, I went to a live event um, in March and uh, at, the, at the Garden and uh, Cena wrestled. And half the crowd cheered him. Half the crowd booed him. You know, I, I understand being a... You, but I think that's what makes him so different dynamic of a fan base. Being young kids and girls, I had a girl crazy for me. Shirt off the kids going like that. Ken goes wild when he takes the shirt off. He's he's, he's a handsome man. Yeah. (laughs) Strapping young lad. Fabulous. But I think that's what sets, that's what's going to kind of set him apart and put him his own place in history. That dynamic with the fans that he had. The teenage guys and even maybe even though, you know, 18 to 25 and older, those guys aren't going to like John Cena. Anybody younger than that and teenage girls love him. I think that's the, the one thing that's going to set him apart from everybody else. Steve Austin, he was the real first quote-unquote anti-hero where he never really catered to the just kind of did his own thing, and everybody went crazy for it. Hogan, maybe, you know what I mean? That's where John Cena's going to set himself apart from everybody else. I think that's kind of cool that that happened, but as far as storytelling and logic and the booking goes, not so much. I think it's interesting because, you know, with, with Cena, I mean, are we looking at, and kind of like you, you said, you know, we, we had like your, your Steve Austin, uh, Hulk Hogan, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that as far as wrestling goes, you need a reaction. And that's most important. You need ratings. So it's when it's when the crowd, you know, when when Morrison's music starts and the crowd's quiet, that's a problem. Yeah. Whether Cena's booed or cheered is irrelevant. People are reacting to him. Yeah. Are we looking at potentially, you know, and maybe some some fans don't get it, maybe us as kind of traditionalists but is this something that we're looking at kind of the, the new definition of, of a heel, that we're not going to get that old-fashioned heel turn that John Cena is what he is. He's going to get booed by some. He's going to get cheered by others. I mean, the one thing I always find interesting, that you'll, you'll see a Cena match, and let's just say for argument, like WrestleMania last year, Cena Miz, okay? And half the crowd is chanting, let's go Cena. The other half is chanting, Cena sucks. 
no one's saying anything about the Miz. Like the interesting thing is that Cena is so polarizing it's and awful. such a figure. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry, he's awful. Yeah, I mean, none of us. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like the Miz either. He's talk about overrated. But anyway, um, really, yeah. <laughs> really, really. You know, it's funny, and I was doing that like years ago. I, I remember like doing that to people, and like all of a sudden. So I think I think somehow the Miz stole my shtick with the real. It, it was the best, The only time I liked when he did it was when he did it with Pee Wee that night, and Pee Wee was like, "Really, Infinity?" Yes. Which is sad that like you need Pee Wee to put you over. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back to Cena, I, I find it interesting that a lot of Cena matches. It's Cena, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, but nobody's saying anything about his opponent. So to me, that puts Cena like at, at the upper echelon as far as if you have an entire arena, half cheering against the guy, half cheering for him, well, isn't that kind of what you want out of wrestling? Like, and, and it's interesting, like I almost think if, you're, if you are listening to this and you're a Cena hater, you need to go to the arenas, and if you really don't want to see Cena anymore... Just keep your goddamn mouth shut. Because as long as there's a reaction, gonna be he's going to be there. And you got the whole arena chanting for or against him. It's proof in the pudding. When you and I walked into uh, the Georgia Dome at WrestleMania, before the first match even started, before they got everybody hyped up with the crowds and all that, that's all that everyone was chanting. I, I, I go to sit down in my seat and, and there's 61,000 people chanting, let's go see that Cena sucks. You know? Yeah, you heard that in Ric Flair woos. Yeah. It's like a few things you heard before they went on air. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because I, I do sometimes think that, you know, the Cena thing, that is this something that we, you know, maybe need to open our minds a little bit as wrestling fans? And maybe this is the newfangled heel. Maybe this is like a – maybe Cena is far ahead of his time, and this is something that, you know – as a character, and it, it kind of evolved accidentally, but is this something that he's kind of a, a different kind of character? Not quite face, not quite heel, well, like and we let earlier, the crowd react. Like I said earlier, that's, that's what kind of set him apart from everybody else. The dynamic that he I think, and, and I also think Cena started that, and that trend will continue, I think, next with Randy Orton. Starting to hear some people not so thrilled with some of the ways that Randy Orton does his thing. That's interesting, and we'll just go with that with Randy Orton because we have we have a listener who uh, actually messaged us in. He's uh, having uh, some phone problems with Anthony Charles Buchanan, who uh, and check me, he's got his own wrestling podcast, oh, uh, Last Man Standing with uh, Anthony Buchanan. So check him out. Um, but he actually wrote and said, "My phone is acting weird tonight. I'm sorry to hear that, Anthony." Uh, wanted to get on the show. Do you think Morrison's contract is up? We're hearing kind of conflicting reports, right? You know, it I'm might be up. November, December. Um, so who knows? I mean, I think tonight's match will kind of point out where his contract status is. If Ziggler beats him easy, he's probably on the way out. If Morrison wins, you're thinking he's... That's them throwing him a bone he, to either re-sign him or... He or he's re-signed. Re yeah. So that, that's what we're thinking there. He also asks... Um, is it possible, which is, I think is an interesting point that you bring up, Anthony, um, do you see the possibility of a triple threat match, last minute, Ziggler, Morrison, Ryder? Yeah, I, 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 I could see that happening. Zack Ryder is relevant in storyline. and has been known on the past few weeks. 
extend to John Laurinaitis for the Shots and Eagles Championship. He's also a, uh, a Long Island boy from New York, so. Woo, woo, woo. You know it, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get him. I don't get him. <laughs> I, I know a lot of. He's a goofball. He's funny to me. I mean, I, you know, whatever. He's, he's funny. I just. Gimmick, I, but, you know, he's funny to me. In, in very, very small doses. The only thing I like about him that. One thing that really stands out with me is he goes, you know, he hasn't really been used much on TV, and now they're bringing him on TV. And I think it's kind of you know, John Cena even mentioned this in an interview that like he's trying, he's going out swinging. If he's going to lose his yeah. job, at least he's going out. Swinging. He's all over YouTube, the Twitter, the whole nine yards. And uh, it's funny, he had a match, I think, and the ref counted two, and they must have had the mic turned up. You serious, bro? And like, I just, to me, it's the way he said it, it was just, it was really funny. Just like, it, it caught me off guard. You serious, bro? That was three. You know? Now, I, I, I definitely admire the hell out of him as far as what he's done. Um, you know, trying to say, you know, I dare you to fire me. I'm gonna make myself popular. I'm gonna go. I have other avenues out there, and you know, each one of those guys on that roster should be trying to do something to get attention for them. Because it's all it, it's a character driven business. Bottom and, line, and there's avenues out there. As like we're doing this right now on Blog Talk Radio, uh, there is YouTube out there. There's a lot of avenues. It's a different era, so you can do that. And as now we're seeing DiBiase, DiBiase starting as DiBiase Posse. Yeah. Which I, you know, it's interesting to see how things go um, going forward. But Ryder's a guy that may have, you know, we may be looking at, you know, woo woo woo. As, as a pioneer in the in the business, you know, do other wrestlers trying to make a name for themselves start to create YouTube shows? And does he wind up changing wording in contracts that, you know, you can't do this. We can't, you know, this is your character. You can only do A, B, and C on the Internet. You know, it, it's something because he's kind of forced the hand of the company that they kind of have to at least do something with him. Yeah, he's getting noticed. I mean, from what I've from what I understand, from what I've read, um, it seems like the popularity of his YouTube show had grown so much, and he had gotten so many. Po- and mind you, those guys make money—not big money, but depending on how many views that their videos get, you know, when you sign up for a YouTube, they make money. And a lot of a lot of wrestlers, even guys that had been you know released from WWE are doing their own YouTube shows to try and make money on the side. It's all about basically putting yourself out there. He kind of started that movement. And, um, I think it's going to continue. Back Rider, Pioneer. We have a phone call coming in. All right, another caller. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Ken. Uh, How you doing? How you are know, you? I, all right. You know, this Zack Ryder thing is overrated. I mean, he's in there, but he's going to go the same way A-Rod went. Where, where's that guy? I mean, he went around, he got on the Internet, made himself popular, kind of, but they got no plot line for him, you know, so he's going to end up the same place everybody else ends up that they don't write for. It's, it's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, they, they brought him in, he made himself popular, but where is the, the writer's storyline? Yeah. He's got, we... I mean, he's got nothing going forward. I mean, and... 
after uh, they, they tried to team up with Cena, obviously that worked oh so well that they had to bring in The Rock to carry the rest of the uh, Awesome Truth Challenge. So that was just uh, a small footnote in the story, though. You got to understand, like that was that that was the setup. Rock showing up. There wasn't any real definite plan to put Ryder and Cena together. Um, well, I think, but that proves my point. You know, they got, they got no idea for Ryder. If there's eventually a payoff with Ryder getting the U.S. title, then all this will will have worked. Just gotta wait till it, you know, story peaks per se. Yeah. Well, there's you, you don't like Ryder's, what you're saying? Well, no, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan. You know, he's, he doesn't have any personality beyond this internet thing, and you know, and they, they do this with all these guys. They they give them they give them a little bit of a push, and then they got no idea what to do with them once they're in the like the mid tier. I mean, I can see that happening with him. I can understand what you're saying at that point. It's happened with Wade Barrett. It's happened with Riley. It's happened with Sheamus. You know, now they're starting a couple of those guys. But I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, so they got thanks, a lot of those, those in, uh, We're running short on time, so. Um, so yes, I mean, with no with no storylines for Ryder, I mean, it's it's you know it's tough to. I mean, he's popular and he's done a good job with himself, but you know, where do you go from there? Um, all right, one last question actually from Anthony Buchanan. He was wondering, uh, what do you guys think? Who are going to be the sole survivors in the Survivor Series matchup? Um, I would like to see. Uh, personally, I'd like to see Dolph Ziggler. Wade Barrett and Cody Rhodes be the three sole survivors from the heel team, from Team Barrett. Personally. Who do you think? You got any idea who you think? Uh, I don't starts? know. You have to fill me in what the match is. Soraya uh, Orton, Sheamus, Sankara, Mason Ryan, Kofi Kingston against Barrett, Cody, Cody Rhodes, Swagger, Ziggler, and Unico. Well, again, I think we're in agreement. Unico's not going to be there. Unico, Hunico, Epico, Primo, whatever. Well, um, Orton's on the... Face team, just fill me in. Orton. Yeah, Orton and Orton's face, Sheamus. And Sheamus is on the face team with Orton? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I would just have to go. I mean, that Ziggler guy, I think, is very talented, so I, I'll, I'll pick him to be one of the sole survivors. Uh, and, and you'd have to think Orton, just because he's Orton, he's a big star and he's very talented. Orton's on the other side, so. He's on the I'm, other I'm, side. Thinking, I'm thinking Orton's. Orton's going to be the survivor. We're going to see, you know, at, at the end of that match, I am always in my hand. They count for me. They understand. They talk to me. <laughs> and he's one of the biggest stars, so you'd have to think. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking know, He's uh, not going out early. Let's put it that way. Here's another match that we've, we uh, haven't really touched on. CM Punk and Alberto Del Rio. Good call. WWE that's okay. Because we are running. We're getting close to it. It's, it's uh we're about seven minutes away from uh, the pay-per-view starting. So, uh, Del Rio versus Punk. What are you guys thinking here? I'll let uh, the guru go first. I think CM Punk is one of the best heels that I've seen in a long time. He kind of combines a little Kevin Sullivan with some Piper stuff. And I'm very high on him as a heel. And Ken knows I was not a fan of his when he was a face. Which is interesting because they turned him face against, against oh, Del Rio. And that, no, that's no, what's no. interesting about him because I, I agree like with dynamic, you. dynamic, though, Kevin Sullivan and Roddy Piper. I like that. Dynamic. I agree with you, though. I think he's a tremendous heel. And I, I think they've kind of neutered him a bit character-wise, mm. turning him face. But he is as, as a... Dave pointed out uh, before, he is actually 
outselling John Cena merchandise-wise. Really? So as much as character-wise, I think he's kind of lost a bit. Um, you know, you can't argue with the dollars and cents. So he is popular right now. New York City, too. And, uh, he's New popular. York, New York likes... You know, uh, former ROH product. Yeah, yeah, former Ring of Honor product, former... You mm. know, uh, he's, he, he's very outspoken. New York crowds like something that's different than what WWE actually puts out there. That's what CM Punk is. So, I mean, he's going to walk into the garden you know, as a baby face, but mm. even more so going into this match against Alberto Del Rio. Well, I'd probably have to go with him then. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Punk comes out of here with the title. I think I think it goes on another month to really extend the heat for Del Rio. I think I think Punk takes the title next month at the pay per view, just in time for when Monday Night Raw goes to Chicago, Illinois, his hometown, day after Christmas. Um I think it's gonna be a similar well not similar, but somewhat of a a uh, Survivor Series screw job as they've had in years past. All right, so we betting a shot on that match. <laughs> <laughs> we both, uh, me and the Guru have Punk. You have Del Rio. I got, yeah, I got that. Right. I got Del so Rio. we're we're betting a shot on that match. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see it going either way, but and I love Del Rio. I think Del Rio's, you know, great heel work uh, from him. Um, another guy that you know the minute. You happen to be the one disagreeing with him. Um, you're one of the top faces in the company. I mean, he, yeah. he does a real nice job with that. Um, it's funny because I kind of see Punk winning it. I'd like to see Del Rio keep it for a little while longer. I think Del Rio keeps it because Rock and Cena are going to eventually win tonight's match. Which let's go there. I because mean, we haven't talked enough. We never we never talk about John Cena. Um, we talked a little bit. We talked a little. We talked a lot about Cena. 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 <laughs> where where are we? Let Let's talk. Like we have, we're literally at the four minute mark. Uh, so, who do you think is going to win the match? Um. And and how does it end? I think either. I think Rock and John Cena win the match, but I think one of them tries to show up the other one. In a way, I don't think there's going to be any kind of screw job. I don't think there's going to be any kind of heel turn or a turn from either guy. I think one of them is going to try and show up the other one so that they can, you know, tease the friction between the two of them heading towards WrestleMania in April 2012. What are you thinking? Before I answer, if um, if CM Punk's not the number one heel, who is Mark Henry? I would say Mark Henry's probably yeah, number Mark one. Yeah, Mark Henry, yeah. Top, yeah, <laughs> top dog right now. So, uh, they, the split so I'd say Cena turns on Rock in some vile way because Mark Henry is not a number one heel in my book. Uh, so you got to have something big happen, and you know you got to set up WrestleMania. So I'll just say that Cena's going to turn on Rock in some kind of vile way, and let's set it up, baby. Yeah, I'm kind of you know it's funny because I, I I I would love to. I'm gonna you know my prediction is going to be what I'd like to see as opposed to what I think I'm going to see. Um, but the one thing to really, I mean, it's a New York crowd and they're going to be really anti-Cena. And to end Survivor Series with The Rock laid out and John Cena standing on the ropes or whatever, just like with his hands up. The chair that he just knocked chair, the rock's ass Or whatever, just standing there like victorious. 
I, I mean, the amount of heat he would get in New York for doing that and ending the pay-per-view, you know, predictably, yeah, if, if I was going to bet my life, I'd say, yeah, we're going to see The Rock in some way, shape, or form and his music playing as the pay-per-view ends. But I think if you want to be a little ballsy, it would be really cool to see John Cena's music playing at the end and John Cena the one standing in the ring at the end because the heat that would be coming out of that crowd would would just be amazing. Well, New York City would be a lynch mob. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, you know, go back to, like, the ECW event. If Cena wins, we riot. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just think that would be just a really cool, and as much as, and, you know, a lot of wrestling fans, but of course Cena has to win, but it still would, it would generate a if I had to predict, yeah, we're going to hear The Rock's music at the end of the pay-per-view. And either it's going to be Rock and Cena celebrating, or it's just going to be The Rock giving Cena a rock bottom and then standing on the top rope with his one arm raised, and, and that's going to be the end of the pay-per-view. Here's a quick end to, to, our, to our evening. Um, New York crowd might turn on The Rock. And the only reason why I say that, they, they, they might like him in the beginning, but no, he's not going to be back for another couple of months to go towards WrestleMania. Rocky sucks. Yeah. Rocky they, sucks. They did it to him before, knowing yeah. that he was going to make a movie when he had that match with Brock Lesnar in Long Island. They might turn on him. You, there might not be one definitive baby face in that entire match. Which, again, leads us to the question, is wrestling different now? Oh, absolutely. Have we, have we reached a different era? And maybe, as wrestling fans, we need to look at things a little differently and... Maybe there's not that black and white anymore. And maybe maybe John Cena is a heel for the ages. He's a different kind of heel because he does get booed tremendously. And you know what? I, I bet money that down the road, you know, give it like 20 years from now, but we're all going to be at John Cena's Hall of Fame induction and chanting, thank you, Cena. And <laughs> So anyway, anyone who has been out there listening to us, callers, thank you for calling in. We're out of time now. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you, and good night. Thank you. Ran short there, but we are out. <laughs> We're rocking Cena wrestling, anyway. Uh, Miz and uh, R-Truth. Miz and R-Truth. All right, let's go. No, we definitely got to do a post-game show. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah. I feel like I left that up in the air because I was like, right, who knows how bombs are going to be. Like, <laughs> Maybe it might be for an interesting broadcast.